Hey, lovely listeners. I wanted to give you a trigger warning and a heads up that listener discretion is advised on our next series, Victim F. It's not an easy conversation in parts, but we believe it's a really important conversation that we need to have. And so too did Denise and Aaron. So without further ado, here's our interview with Denise and Aaron. Most weight loss plans are one size fits all, not taking into account each person's individual needs. Noom takes into account dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs to build a plan that works for you. Everyone's journey is different, so your daily lessons are personalized to you and your goals. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology based approach. Sign up for your free trial today at Noom.com. That's N O O M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. If I asked you how many subscriptions you have, would you be able to list all of them and how much you're paying? If you would have asked me this question before I started using Rocket Money, I would have said yes. But let me tell you, I would have been so wrong. I can't believe how many I had and all the money I was wasting. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 500 million in canceled subscriptions. Stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. That's rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Rocketmoney.com slash Wondery. Okay, it's time to commit. 2024 is the year for prioritizing yourself. Begin your new smile journey with Byte, and you could start seeing results in just two to three weeks. Just order your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95 at Byte.com. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces. Plus, they offer financing options, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA, FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot com. Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hey, can you understand how the police got this so wrong? You know, that's an excellent question because it went wrong very early on when the Huntington police uh, started interviewing Ms. Huskins. And as soon as the questions turned to her and started looking like she might have been a a suspect in this, uh, she had a family member who just recently passed the bar, I mean within days, uh, who advised her to ask for counsel. And as soon as she asked for what is a constitutional right, the police, the the investigation turned 180 degrees and uh, it was turned on her. How's she feeling now? Well, uh, obviously she feels a tremendous sense of relief, but it doesn't change the fact that she she can't feel safe in her own home, uh, that she's lost uh, her dignity, uh, that she's been uh, publicly shamed, uh, and now she needs to go through the court process as a victim of a very serious crime. So uh, she's certainly not overjoyed in any sense of the word, um, but she is relieved that now at least she's believed. 
Hello and welcome to Real Crime Profile. This is Jim Clemente, retired FBI profiler, former New York City prosecutor, writer-producer of CBS's Criminal Minds. And with me today is... Laura Richards, criminal behavioural analyst, former New Scotland Yard, founder of Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service and victim advocate and host of the podcast Crime Analysts. And I'm Lisa Zambetti. I'm the casting director for CBS's Criminal Minds. And we are back with the stunning authors of the book Victim F. I'm Denise Heskins. I'm a physical therapist. I'm Aaron Quinn. I'm also a physical therapist. And your heroes, both of you. Thank you. Yes, and well, thank you so much for rejoining us again. We have so many questions and so many thoughts. So let's let's dive in where we left off last time. In this case, one of the things I wanted to discuss with you is this sort of dichotomy that exists because some of his behavior was sadistic in nature. In other words, he wanted to make sure that you were in fear. He wanted to make sure that you were in fear for your loved ones. He wanted to make you suffer. That is a sadistic type of behavior. He also presented as a power reassurance rapist. And that's a different kind of personality. And that is a personality who has no confidence, who actually sees the rapes as dates, and which is why he created this requirement that you had to act as if you were on a date. And that satisfies his inner need to relive this experience as if it were an actual date. So that dichotomy is one thing that to me could indicate multiple offenders being involved in this, because those are two very different personalities and very different types of sex offenders, right? So many sexual sadists don't even have what we would call traditional sex. They actually get off on causing and witnessing the pain and suffering of others. They don't actually have to engage in traditional sexual activity. So these are presenting, these behaviors are presenting as two very different people. So that could indicate two people, two offenders, multiple offenders in this case. But you had experience with them on both sides of that spectrum. In other words, you had the voice telling you this is a robbery, you know, waking you up in the middle of the night, causing fear and panic, separating you, making sure that you were incapacitated right away, all these things that cause fear, they did give him control. But a behavior like that, to me, is has a dual purpose. He liked it, which is why he did that. He didn't just hit you over the head, Aaron, to incapacitate you. He wanted to you to be alert because he wanted to manipulate you and to put you in fear that something would happen to Denise. And if you did something something further would happen to her or your other family members. So so anyway, that that is a to me a confirmatory behavior that this that there are more than one individual involved in this crime. Well, I think that's a good point, the difference of how he acted. And I think in general the assumption is that Moeller was the ringleader and and there's not necessarily proof to that he could be the leader or he could be actually just a person who's talking to us and there was someone else in charge. Part of, I think why people think he's a Marine leader is because he went to Harvard and they just make assumption, well, he went to Harvard. So therefore that he has to be the one, but this history isn't someone of uh, control or in leadership positions as far as what I know about his history. So he could very much, there is a possibility he was 
controlled by one of the others who wanted to have this um, certain act during the home invasion. And then Moeller had his separate motivations when at the South Lake Tahoe home. Uh, yeah, it's possible. I think it would have been Mueller's motivation all along. It's not like he changed it. So if there was another leader other than him, then he must have convinced that leader to let him be the one to have custody of you, whoever the victim was, that he wanted to be that person so that he could carry out what his real motive was and his real fantasy was. People say there's no evidence of motive here. Uh, in fact, behavior is actually evidence. Behavior is fact. And what Laura and I do is interpret behavior. And yeah, we're not 100% right all the time. But we can, through the thousands of cases that we've worked and studied and trained on over the decades that we've been doing this, is you, you educate your subconscious about it, basically. You educate with all the details that we get and your subconscious mind works basically 10 billion times faster than your conscious mind. And it's, it's the thing that gives you the hair standing up on the back of your neck when you're in danger. It does the calculations for you. And that's what we train our subconscious to do when we become behavioral analysts. And we get many times we get a bunch of information that seems overwhelming, but when we get through it and by reading and, and consuming as much data as we can and doing interviews, we, we come to uh, conclusions at the end of it. And it is an ongoing process, but we come to conclusions as to what the behavior means. And when we see a guy who has this incredibly uh, common escalation from peeping to nuisance crimes, to break-ins, to sexual assaults, to attempted sexual assaults, to sexual assaults, and then continues that behavior to a rape and then another attempted rape crime. That is a very consistent pattern of behavior that we've seen with literally tens of thousands of offenders like him. And to think that it is, is it a possibility that that was just a last minute thing that he threw into this series of crimes? Um, yeah, it's a possibility, but is it a probability? I don't believe it's a probability. No, I mean, I, I know. I'm, it, he went to great lengths to accomplish it. Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, I believe that that was something that he had wanted to do from yeah. the beginning. I mean, it's the same reason. Right. Waking up and hearing a strange man's voice. It's, I mean, I'm going to be raped. So it's just a matter of time and terribly it, sorry yeah, that that happened. And you just, I mean, just trying to, you know, knowing that that's going to happen for me in my position was okay. I just want to make this as easy on myself as possible and, yeah, and survive it. Right. And you did exactly the right thing to do that. And yeah, I mean, and that is what is even more sadistic about how he followed through with the rapes is the it's, you know, the lack of accountability. It's not me. I'm doing my job more or less. This, mm -hmm. this is what I have to do. And I don't want to, and you don't deserve this. And then, oh, you know, it's not good enough and we have to kiss and you have to perform. I mean, you know, I, I, can only speak of my own own experience, but just from what I've heard of other assault victims, I mean, the 
way to get through it is to detach and just separate yourself from it and let it happen. And Mm -hmm. he took that from me and the second rape and um, I had to perform and I had to be present. And I think that that, I mean, is just a different type of cruelty, a, a different level of just yeah. sick and twisted. I mean, um, cause that invades my, my life more, yeah. you know, invades your soul. Of yeah. course it does. And he means that fully well. Yeah. And that's what he wanted was to, to stay in me for as long as he could in my memories and my intimate moments. And, um, that's a, that's a different type of evil. But you did everything, Denise, to survive it. And I think a lot of people don't often understand that situation. You don't know if you are going to survive it. Women will comply. They will collaborate. It's my experience with thousands and thousands of cases. And the whole model of water cannons, fight or flight, was actually from the 30s and 40s, studying men of how men respond when there's a threat, a credible threat to their lives. Men are much more likely to fight or flee. When the studies were done later on with women, women will freeze, but most likely collaborate. And you did everything that you could to survive. And you're exactly right in your analysis of your experience, which everything he did was about power and control. And ostensibly, when you break down rape, what's it about? It is about power and control. It is about dominating someone and making them submissive. But as Jim said, he didn't want anger or any kind of, uh, you know, sadistic aspect at play in the overt way, like you to be in physical harm. He wanted you to interact with him, to engage with him, because that was where the gratification, his fantasy, yeah, you his had fantasy to. fantasy lives. Yeah. Well, I mean, the interesting part, part of about that, though, I mean, being body to body with him. I felt like, I mean, I could feel this buzz of energy underneath this facade of politeness and control that he had that like, he just felt like he almost wanted me to fight back or to provoke him or to be bad in some way. So then he could fulfill that fantasy of really having that power and submitting, submitting a, a, a frantic woman. Um, and for me, I just felt like I didn't want to give him that at the very least. I mean, it felt like, you know, I know things now about his history, but it, I felt like this easily could lead to murder and to him killing me. And I just, I couldn't risk tempting that. Right. Or trying to, uh, you know, unleash and, it more or less, you know. And that, again, was your instincts kicking in. And I think that your instincts are basically driven by your subconscious, which is doing all the calculations, I mean, from your whole life and all your experiences. And, and even genetic memory kicks in. And you did, as Laura said, everything right. I mean, that's why you're here talking to us today. And it's a, it's a very good thing that your survival instincts got you through it because you know you were very right he could have escalated to become even more violent yeah and i mean it's it was a a really messed up 
place to be to have to then try to show him that he could trust me so he could release me. Mm-hmm. You know, it was this whole game of he's trying to show me I can trust him. I never trusted him. And I always believed he would end up killing me, but I had to hope that I had a chance at surviving. Mm-hmm. And so then my only opportunity is, is okay, if I show him he can trust me enough that I'm not going to scream, run, fight, then maybe he will, in fact, let me go. And I don't think I'll ever know. You know I mean, I don't want to know what mm. would have happened if if I did provoke him. You mm. know, would that have been his 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 escalation in, into murder? And um, I don't. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're very glad that that didn't happen, and that you were able to manipulate him in the situation <laughs> to trust you enough to let you go so it was the right thing have you heard you can listen to your favorite gripping investigations ad free good news with amazon music you have access to the largest catalog of ad free top podcasts included with your prime membership to start listening, download the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash ad-free true crime. That's amazon.com slash ad-free true crime to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. You hear that? Your dog knows. Spring is coming sooner than you think. But the warmer weather also means that fleas and ticks are coming back. Fleas are an itchy nuisance and can easily get into your home, furniture, and beds, which can be terrible. Ticks are even worse. They're hard to spot but can carry disease and get your dog really sick. PetMed's pharmacists connect directly with your vet to save you time and deliver the best flea and tick products for your pet. PetMed's offers low prices on all flea and tick meds, including Nexgard, Simperica, and more. Visit PetMeds.com and use promo code PODCAST to save 40% on your first auto ship order. That's PetMeds.com promo code PODCAST for 40% off your first auto ship order. Court documents revealing new details in the bizarre ordeal. Intruders allegedly holding guns with red lasers woke up the couple as they slept. Huskins and Quinn telling authorities they were forced to wear swimming goggles with tape-covered lenses and headsets that gave a pre-recorded message with instructions. The kidnapper allegedly demanding two ransom payments of $8,500. Huskins put in the trunk of a car, driven 400 miles away, finally released two days later near her mother's Southern California home. I do want to point out, we appreciate you guys talking to us and also taking the time to look at more evidence and reevaluate um, because, you know, I think as we discussed his motivation, that's the most likely pro- probability of what he's motivated by, but also those other theories of haven't, for in our case, we know haven't been investigated or they haven't shown us that they actually investigate any other scenarios and want our hopes by sharing our stories that law enforcement would read through our experience of actual tunnel vision confirmation bias and hopefully not make the same mistakes um, mm-hmm. and uh, respond more how you and Laura have responded instead of 
going like, well, I know based off of this study that I saw and thinking everything's absolute a hundred percent instead of going, well, here are most likely scenarios, but we need to eliminate those other possibilities. Sure. That's, that's what an investigation is. And, yeah. uh, it's unfortunate. Like, like I said, and Laura said, and you said many times that, that they literally decided before they did any investigation, what right. the ultimate end of the investigation would be. And that is the fatal flaw in any investigation. And I guess to that point, they, the prosecutor, um, and the FBI agents on this case made a decision. Mueller is just a sexual predator and this based off his history, but eliminated any sort of other choice of like, well, he could actually be working with other people. And that was like what one of our frustrations was, as they both can be true. Yeah, absolutely. And he could be working with other people. We, between Laura and I, we have done literally tens of thousands of cases, sex offense cases, and there are always anomalies. You can't say that it will. This is what we've tried to tell, teach everybody that offending, including sex offending, is on a spectrum of behavior. It's not pigeonholes. You can't pigeonhole human behavior. People are just too genetically diverse and behaviorally diverse and psychologically diverse and personality wise diverse that the combinations of all those things make it impossible to predict with 100% accuracy what somebody will do. Also, it makes it impossible to say that somebody fits into this box and not three others. Also, people change with time and especially MO behaviors, you know, actions necessary to commit the crimes are learned behaviors over time. It's the ritualistic stuff that usually satisfies the inner needs of the offender and those things stay fairly consistent over an offender's career. And that's what we see with Mueller, that the ritualistic stuff, it's all aimed at, at this sexual offending. And that is consistent, we're sure, over his career because we see the buildup, we see the execution of it, and we see the continuation of it. It's just yeah. very, very clear. And there's always the 1% of cases you've never seen before. Right. You know, and I'm always very aware of those. And I know Jim is too. And the DC snipers, that case is a 1%. 9-11 is a 1%. There are things that you just still have to keep an open mind about. And it's just, I don't even want to say it's unfortunate that didn't happen, happen in this case, because that sounds really trite, you know, terrible, because it's had such serious repercussions in terms of secondary trauma for both of you, but also for the prosecutor who's giving you wrong information. And for the public protection risk down the line, and I do end up picking up these cases where very dangerous men who exploit the system, some of them are psychopaths, and they will exploit and game the system in every way possible for early release. And I've got a case right now, he's trying to come out early release. And the professionals didn't do their jobs. They didn't join things up. They said the wrong things. They weren't educated. And they said things as fact and absolutes. And this is exactly how dangerous perpetrators, unfortunately, yeah. it's yeah. the perfect storm. They, John, they are yeah. enabled and greenlit in many ways. And it's a real concern. John Wayne Gacy was arrested, convicted, and sentenced to 10 years. He was out in 18 months because he gamed the system. He was a psychopath. And that enabled him to kill 33 boys and young men. Everything was there. It was laid out in front of everybody. 
But because he was so engaging and because he was so, he was bright. He played like he was dumb. He played like he was just an all shucks guy. But in fact, he was very manipulative. He was very sadistic. And he was successful in gaming the system. So when that prosecutor said that to you, he was wrong. Uh, you know, I'll say that to his or her face. That's just not true. That that people, when they hit their 70s, are not going to continue to be determined, sophisticated sex offenders. They will find ways to do what they want to do. Um, and as you said before, Denise, a lot of it is about power control. Sex is is the methodology that they use. But the fact is that they're trying to control people. They'll do it in different ways. So if there's no treatment as well, Jim. I mean, if they're in yeah. prison for an unrelated crime, they're not treated as a sex offender. And I mean, you know, there are treatment programs and so on and so forth, but that's not even on their charge sheet, their record. So they come out untreated and that power and control dynamic doesn't just switch off. It's still there. They find other mechanisms in prison, yeah. but it is power and control related. So you were, you were right in your um, assessment, Denise, of everything that was going on. And he would have been making decisions as well based on how events unfolded. His fantasy is not going to go exactly to plan in reality. It never never does. does. (laughs) It never does. But he tried to ensure it by setting up this set of circumstances in which you would then play along to his fantasy. Obviously, it didn't go perfectly the first time. And so he tried again. He set up more stringent criterion based on what his fantasy was. So I'm a father of what? I got to find a babysitter. I found care.com and I was blown away. Through the platform, I was able to find local and experienced candidates along with their reviews and rates, which were way more affordable than I anticipated. Care.com really put me at ease knowing that they were all required to go through a background check. If you're like me and you need to find someone reliable for your childcare necessities, check out care.com. Find the ideal sitters for your childcare needs. Whether you hydrate to live or live to hydrate, Liquid IV quenches your thirst faster than water alone. With three times the electrolytes of the leading sports drink, plus eight vitamins and nutrients for everyday wellness, all in a single sugar-free stick. Liquid IV is perfect for daily use before a workout, when you feel run down, after a long night out, or on long flights. Basically, anytime you need a pick-me-up, however you hydrate. Grab your Liquid IV Hydration Multiplier sugar-free in bulk nationwide at Costco. Or get 20% off your first order when you go to liquidiv.com and use code WONDERY at checkout. That's 20% off your first order when you shop Better Hydration today using promo code WONDERY at liquidiv.com. Our real concern is protecting them and making sure... uh, this process that's kind of chewed them up and spit them out does the least amount of damage to them so they really can get on with their lives so, so and, and, you know, get off the tabloids and, and do what they both intend to do with their lives, which is, you know, they're uh, medical professionals and they want to get back to helping people. We have to say, I mean, Laura and I talked about this, and I think we might have said it to you the other day, Aaron, but you two, uh, we have interviewed 
thousands of, of victims of, of violent crimes in our careers. You two not only are the most poised, um, but you have incredible strength to have gone through what you did, endured the dual uh, victimization from law enforcement, and then to have the strength of character to try to help people outside of yourselves. Uh, you, you're just really two very, very, very impressive people. Mental fortitude, yeah, it's it's really quite striking. And I know you're doing that in your work every day, but just speaking out, writing your book will help so many. And I think that mental fortitude, I mean, Denise, just, just to you in how you managed to navigate through your ordeal that he controlled and trust your instincts to survive it. And th- that that is really quite incredible to understand his psychology and to know, in essence, instinctively what you needed to do. And you, I can't emphasize it enough, you did everything right. And I, I do get very upset when I hear law enforcement and others talking to victims. And well, did you scream? Did you ask to be released? Or did you, or did you scream loud enough? Did you, and they ask these questions that are just... Ignorant. Ignorant and outrageous and inadvertently victim blame. You do everything you can to survive something. And I know you're thriving both now, but there are still a lot of unanswered questions for you. And I think for Muller, there's still this false forensic profile that really bothers me. And it's false because it it's not documented and official in any document really what he is. And also we've got other people, other actors that we don't know anything about. Right. And it is right to question that. And as you said before to us, you wanted accountability. And it is right that there is further action taken. And I know what Jim and I reached out to Jim Fitzgerald, who's going to look at the documents, the emails, the the 20 pages, and make an assessment of the material. Is it one person? Is it two people? There's so many questions in there, isn't there? It's a very unusual situation to have someone write afterwards, after his uh, after the offence, after you've been released and become your advocate. It's everything about this It case. is definitely the 1%. It's probably the one hundredth of 1%, right? Which yeah. means you need the best people on it to, to look at it. And that's not to say that there's going to be conclusions drawn, but I think if it motivates other people to ask questions and not have a closed mind, particularly if there's, and there could well be a rape trial, but of course that's being stalled and I would imagine that he will try and stall that for as long as possible because that is the last thing he will want to be seen as. And he doesn't see himself as that either. Kidnapper, he can deal with. But most sex offenders build this scaffolding around them. They don't want to be seen in that light. That's what he would take umbrage at. That's what he's trying to protect at all costs. Mm-hmm. And that's the thing, in, in my professional opinion, we need him to be known and seen as because he will continue to be a risk to people and I really worry because I see it happen so often where someone is told he will not come out he will be in prison for the rest of his life he will serve x amount and when he comes out he won't be a risk it's just not true it's not what I see in in practice and offenders can exploit the system in so many ways we've seen it with Cosby trying to get uh released because of covid R. Kelly, Weinstein, you know, they're the cases that people know about, but Jim and I work the cases behind the scenes that people have never heard of 
And oftentimes I have to write reports about why they're still at risk and and why they shouldn't be released and give evidence to that. It's such a huge amount of work. Why don't we get it right in the first instance and save time and money in people's lives? That is where I would like to see professionals, you know, us upping our, our game and listening to victims far better and doing our jobs much better. Yeah, I agree. I mean, it means a lot to hear the both of you say all of this because it's really easy to be in our position and just want to give up because it's an incredible responsibility for people in our position to have to fight so hard and not be treated and dismissed like we are, we're just victims and we don't know better because we are too emotional or we're too close to it or we're we were manipulated or whatever and to be discounted or gaslit and, and still all we want to do is protect people from this happening again. And it doesn't, it feels like this shouldn't be how it is. Like where are the professionals? Right. Well, we as professionals can't do our job without listening to you, not just hearing, listening, actively listening to you. That is a critical component of what we do. And so to the extent that we hadn't fully listened to you before, I apologize, but it wasn't that we didn't believe anything you said. It was that we were looking at and not really fully explaining how or why we were looking at him and his behavior. And it, it sort of screamed out to us that that this guy was a major motivator into creating this series of crimes and carrying them out. And, and he was a sex offender. We appreciate you guys taking the time to talk with us a little bit more about it. Okay. And we will recommend heavily that people read your book and continue to dialogue about this case and write to their lawmakers, (laughs) get people charged up to, you know, get people out of there if they're biased or in some way should not be involved in this investigation and hopefully get an investigation, a complete investigation done. Thank Thank you. you. Yeah, we appreciate that. Laura and I have been doing these interviews for five years now on this show and decades before that in, in the real world, which is why we called it real crime profile, not true crime profile, because we're not, mm-hmm. we're dealing with real people and real crimes. And that's what's important to us, um, to help the real people who are victimized and who survive. And get, hopefully from victim, as your book says, to survivor to thriver, because there is life after and people go on to do incredible things. Jim and I are both testament to that. And you both are too. So we all yeah. share the desire to help other people. And this isn't about entertainment, it's real people's experiences. And I know this conversation will really help so many people. So thank you for being so um, generous with your time, patient with us, and also so honest and authentic in your account as well, both in the book, but also in discussions with us. Thank you for your time. Yeah, thanks. You're welcome. It's an honor, an honor and a privilege. So thank you very much. And we've learned a lot more talking to you again. So for now, this is Real Crime Profile signing out. 
If you like deeper analysis like this episode on topics like making a murderer, mind hunter, escape at Danamora, the case of Sally Challen, the teacher's pet, Lynette Dawson, the exonerated five in When They See Us, and the disappearance of Madeline McCann, you can listen to RCP on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or whatever platform you listen to us on. And please be sure, if you like what we do, to give us a five-star review. Thank you for listening to Real Crime Profile. Real Crime Profile is produced and edited by Paul Francis Sullivan. Sound engineering by Mike Thal. Music is composed by Simba Tsumba. Logo art by Jim Clementi. Real Crime Profile is produced by XG Productions and distributed by Wondery. For advice and support if you're experiencing stalking in the UK, you can contact Paladin National Stalking Advocacy Service on 0203 866 4107. Or you can go to the website where there's a lot of information and advice that you can follow on www.paladinservice.co.uk. If you're experiencing domestic abuse, you can call the National Domestic Violence Helpline for free on 0800-2000-247. In the US, if you're experiencing domestic abuse and need advice, shelter or counselling, you can call Genesis, the 24-hour hotline, on 214 946 You can also go to their website for further advice or support, www.genesisshelter.org. And there's the Domestic Violence Hotline on 800-799-7233. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to Real Crime Profile ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. The wait is over. So far, you're not losing. The only thing you're losing is my patience. Quickly, I see that. Bing! The queen of the courtroom is back. I didn't do anything. You wouldn't know the truth if it came up and slapped you in the face. I see he's not intimidated by anything. I can fix that. New cases. She wanted to fight me. Leave her alone. Okay, so, um... Not, this is not a so. This is a period. Classic Judy. Did you sleep with her? Yes, Your Honor. You married his cousin. His brother. That's not him. Yes, ma'am. I would make a beeline for the door. The Emmy Award-winning series returns. How did I know that? I have a crystal ball in my head. It's an all-new season. It's streaming. You can say anything. (laughs) Judy Justice. Only on Freebie.